Hi, dog. Hi, cat. I'm saying hi to you, and you're like right here. I'm looking you in the eyes as I say this. It's crazy. But it's true. Here we are together in a hotel room. It sounds so. That sounds seedy. a little dirty. We are into. We are. We are together. No glitches. Yes. No Karen, glitches, bitches. Karen is here in New York, and I have met up with her. My mic, her laptop. Uh, and the hotel's Wi-Fi, so hopefully this should be the first glitch-free uh, recording in a while. Thank you all for your patience. I was so excited when I knew she was coming to town because I was like, oh, thank God. In addition to getting to see you, like, there should be fewer technical difficulties. Woohoo! Knocking on wood. Except that when I showed up here and my internet wasn't working, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I got to the hotel room and there was a guy fixing everything. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just have these rando burly dudes in my hotel room all the time. So, um, <laughs> of course, the one, <laughs> I forgot my notes. Well, I didn't forget my notes. I brought the wrong notebook. Uh, points for trying. Yeah. So, we might be a little, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've got it pretty good in my memory, and you have your own visual aid. I do. I have I have somebody else's cheat sheet from 1994. Yeah, she has a recap that I think was posted in real time on the internet in 1995. Because I remember looking at a website like this when I finally had internet in like 97, 98. And I think it was this guy that I would read sort of recaps after the... Uh, the final episodes of the series later on. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so I've got my little cheat sheet here. So we are on season four, episode 15, Oi to the World. Oi to the World. All right. I think this is a pretty good episode, all things considered. I was going to say, okay, I was surprised at how quickly the episode flew by. Yeah. Yeah. With one storyline that for me dragged, and it may be different for you, but uh, um, whether you like where the storylines are or have been going... I think this one, as they all sort of crested, because this was the um, like December cliffhanger of right. that season, um, I thought it came together pretty well. Well, I think that, okay, so usually when I watch, I kind of like watch in chunks, like, because mm-hmm. I, so it's 45 minutes, and so I usually get like 23 minutes and 22 minutes, 23 minutes, right? So, um, through you know, so I sort of stagger it throughout my day, and um, and this time I sat down to watch it, and I seriously was about to shut it off. At the end, thinking that, like, pause it, like, okay, there's my 20 minutes, and actually the 45 minutes had gone by. Wow. I was really surprised that the cliff, wow. the cliffy happened. I was that like, almost never happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it really <laughs> never yeah. happens, yeah. And so I was kind of like, I was like, wow, I thought this would be the cliffhanger, not the halfway point. Right. And no, it was, it was the halfway point. And then they start running the credits. I was like, ooh, that was a fast 40. So that went by really quickly. So it was. It did go by. It was pretty good for me. It was a pretty joyous episode. Yeah, joyous. Joyous episode. Although here we go. Here's my question. We have had zero hints leading up to this episode that it is the holidays. We have not had (laughs) Halloween. We have not. Did we have Halloween? Uh, I think we did something as shooters during Halloween. There was a Halloweeny thing this season, or was that last season? They all bleed together, honestly. I'm honestly not sure. But we had no Thanksgiving. No, there was no convert. There was no, but there I no think... decorations. Been holiday decorations were not. But I, I, I'm trying to remember if they typically have decorated in the episodes leading up to, like, the one holiday I mean, I don't think that they have, but for some reason, it was so glaringly, like, all of a sudden, one day it's Christmas. And it was just so glaringly obvious. But I think that's true of a lot of shows. Like, network shows, at least during that time, where it was like, 
you have your Thanksgiving episode, and then you have two more episodes, and then you have your Christmas episode. No one's really talking, like, on a December 2nd episode about the Christmas party happening two episodes down. I guess. It just sort of was like, all of a sudden, Melrose Place is decorated. Daytime soaps do that, though. They will decorate for the season for, like, four months. Four four months. Maybe that's that's where my head went with this, with, like, yeah, because usually they have, like, by... Thanksgiving, they've got the tree up yeah. or whatever, and you're gonna see that until January first. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to remember. I feel like you know, on Buffy, they would have like one episode to remind you that it was like the height of winter, stuff like that. Maybe I'm just getting used to like because Superstore, for example, like all the shows that I've been watching now, mm-hmm. and obviously Superstore is retail, so they're going to tie it's a easier. lot. It's easier for them to yeah. tie into the holidays that way. But like for the, for, but like they have the Thanksgiving, they have the holiday, they have like, and I just feel like it was more than just like the one-off. It was like maybe more of a lead up to it. Um, it could be. I mean, also these writers are really writing like week to week. They really they're, like, are. They're reinventing stuff. They really like, are. Yeah. As yeah. we're watching. Them. Yeah. So. I mean, somebody somebody hauled out the old show bible though because Amanda, Amanda started dad. talking about her dad. Well, yeah, <laughs> and there's I feel like a bit of a discrepancy there, but. But I made a mental note of that. We'll get to that. For the record, and I don't know, we should probably just talk about it straight through. Okay, yeah. Um, But the Amanda-Bobby part of the story involving Peter is the one that dragged. That's the one that dragged. Well, I think I was was, was spectacularly confused by the whole storyline because last episode... Peter and Bobby were golfing together. They got drunk together. It looked like they were good, they were friends. I guess when the when the booze wears off and the cold light of hangover day, Peter was regretting his friendship. But now Amanda has turned around and she is sort of saying becoming pro Bobby. But that was because she got mad at, because the FBI Amanda, was chasing him. Amanda is essentially pro Bobby because she's mad at everyone else who has a problem with Bobby because that reminds her of her life and her ties. That's essentially what is it is. Is that like, what it is? Well, I think okay. it's also because she has loved Bobby in the past. Right. She's got a soft spot and wants to defend him because Jack was bad so, and Bobby was good. But we still don't know, and we're never going to know, are we, how she and Bobby split and then she ended up with Jack. I don't we're think We're never so. going to learn that. And we, I'm bummed had, about that. We had our like, gauzy Casablanca flashback two episodes ago, I think. Right. And I think... All we are going to know is that they have a history, they shared a past, and that's enough, and now we're just here in the present, and what we have is the foundation of a triangle between Amanda, Peter, and Bobby. But yeah, Peter is essentially tiring of all things Amanda, Bobby, connected this week, which is where we are, and I just don't care. But we should start where we left off, which is um, with drunk Allison out in Santa Barbara, where Billy has come right, to Right, right. So... Last episode, he showed up um, because she didn't show up to a client meeting. Billy kind of saved the day. And our recapper here, by the way, our 1995 recapper, um, can't I, I just got to read this because this is exactly what we've been talking Do we, about. We don't know the name of the website or the name of the blogger. Or it's, anything. it's a so tripod we, site, which is just amazing. We can't really give credit where it's due, so just know we're reading someone else's yeah. words. Okay, and I quote... Can't the producers find any men who can act? Ooh. John Enos as Bobby Parisi looks like the prize pupil of the Andrew Shue Acting Academy. Shue, by the way, gives easily his worst performance of the season. Our anonymous tripod writer is not wrong. 
I agree completely with that. I think Andrew Shu gave the worst performance of the season in this episode. Uh, hard for me to say. They're also like subterraneanly bad. Um, but he's not good here. He is. He's not good terrible. Here. And and there are so many dramatic e moments going on between Allison and Brooke, and all of that stuff is sort of starting to come to a head. Yeah. And this man cannot act his way out of a paper bag. Yeah, you know how the best actors are are the ones that make it look effortless? You believe whoever this character is and you cannot see them trying? He is completely the opposite of that. Where he is bad and it's because you can tell he's not even trying. No, he just sort of... D-G-A-F. It's like he hits his mark... Right? I'm like, assuming. They've got, like, they've got, like, tape, and he's, yeah. like, looks down. I'm assuming he, he looks down, he sees where the light needs him to be. <laughs> he sees little axe. He's got the little axe. Yeah. And he steps there, and then he stands really, really still, and he stares straight at the person he's talking to, and maybe he'll, like, grin. Like, but it looks like he's farting. And have you noticed, I feel like his dialogue is the shortest. I feel like he has small sentences with small words, <laughs> so he can get just the bare minimum out. He is like a caveman. He really yeah, is. Yeah. Actually, you're absolutely right about it. Because for some reason, in the back of my mind, whenever I'm watching that, I'm like, why he talk like caveman? Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's already better than his delivery. So yes, he comes to essentially bail Allison out. Um, she has had like... I don't know, 18 bottles of vodka They're all in over the suite, room. They're all over uh, the room. Including the one she has, like, hurled across the room and smashed. Uh, and the episode takes a turn, because it starts where they left off. She's upset, obviously grieving, and saying how alone she feels and how upset she is. And then it shifts to her trying to seduce Billy. That was, I mean, points for Courtney Thorne-Smith to have to turn that on a dime. But, I don't think she does. You know, but, but yeah, but that was that that like I, that was a little cringy for me that moment because I was just like, wow, because they really did not have a comfortable transition. For no, that. and it wasn't subtle. No, it wasn't wasn't well telegraphed. Yeah, no, and and ultimately, of course, this was kind of like the best part of the episode. I thought was like when Billy like basically picked her up and it looked like he was going to carry her into the bedroom, and he carries her into the bathroom, and she's like. Ooh, we're gonna do the shower like the old days, and he, they never had shower. They sex never had shower two. sex. They did. Um, we remember yes, that. This the scene takes a literal turn, a physical, <laughs> a physical turn. turn. We think he's taking her to bed. She thinks he's taking her to bed. He deposits her in the shower so she can sober up. Yeah, yeah. And I will say this, ladies. I'm talking to my ladies. Everybody looks terrible in bathrobes. <laughs> yeah. There. There, I said it. I used to always want to have this Terry robe, like that, because they look so comfortable, right? And it feels like it should yeah. be so. And then you put it on, and it like it gaps funny. You kind of keep tugging at it, and and it makes you look like you've gained fifty pounds for some yeah. reason. Like you always look like twice the size you are. You know what? It is not you. It is the fucking robes. The robe. It's the robes. It's how we feel about umbrellas. This is 2020. We should know better by now. We should have better by now. There should be better options of robes and of umbrellas. And if you carry a golf umbrella in New York City, you're an asshole. You are an asshole. That's it. That's, That's it. true. That's it. It's the law. Yeah. The law. It's the law. Karen has <laughs> laid the law down. So, so okay. We have... Um, Allison has been put in the shower. Um, and now it's the morning after. And she is hung... 
Oh, for poor Allison, she hasn't had a drink in a while, so she must be feeling in a, this. In a, in a while, in a matter of hours. No, 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 I mean... Oh, you mean prior to prior falling to off the wagon. Falling off the wagon. Yes, yes. So the last time her... The last drink she had before that was when she was blinded yeah. in an explosion. Yeah, no, this, so this, this is better this than that. Hurt. This had to hurt. <laughs> so Billy comes into her room and opens the drapes and shines light right on her face, and he's like... And mm. she's like, she doesn't even remember it. She's like, did we have sex? And yeah, like, she's no, like, I remember <laughs> you coming over, and then he's like, no, we didn't, and I'm going to meet with the client now because yeah. you can't. Yeah. And she kind of fights him on it. She's like, I just need to jump it. I just need to shower. No, no, Allison, you showered last night. You're fine. Um, but basically, Billy saves the day with the client. He's going to go meet with them and Allison needs to stay in bed. Allison needs to stay in bed, but if the account is saved, then her ass is off the hook. Right. Once um, again. And then I think that's when we go to Amanda and Peter in the, the leopard print sheets. Yes, in the leopard print sheets. Amanda and Peter in the leopard print sheets. And that's when they're having the whole Bobby Parisi conversation, which we don't even need to get into because there is a knock at the door. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And this was great. This scene I really loved between Amanda and Peter. There were some great one-liners in there zinging back and forth between the two of them. Um, you know, because they're... And so, knock at the door and... and and so Amanda gets up at 6 o'clock in the morning. She's, she's wearing a, a robe, too. Although it's not a big Terry one. It's like a silky Amanda one. Amanda would have a so, nice silky yeah, yeah. So it doesn't look half as bad. Anyway, she opens the door, and it's Brooke. And Brooke is like, "You, how dare you send Billy to Santa Barbara? Or yeah. I thought it was Allison's client. And yeah. she says something about Allison being there. Yeah. But remember, Amanda never said So this is, exactly. This, you this is weird, my, right? Okay, this is my question. So I thought Billy intercepted the message, and to save Allison's hide... He said, I'll take this message. So Amanda never knew. And so Billy, I thought, just secretly went to rescue drunk Allison. I don't think Amanda would have known anything because if Amanda knew anything, then Amanda would have known everything. And then it would have been Allison's butt on the line. I also would have thought Billy would have, like, covered a little bit better with Brooke, but but I guess not. I guess not. So now Brooke knows that Billy's in Santa Barbara. Allison is there, too. So guess what happens? Well, well. first of all, the end of the scene after Brooke leaves, oh, Brooke leaves is yeah. Peter's like, between talking about Bobby and, and Brooke coming over and talking about D&D, uh, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. And then Amanda gets him back in the mood. Yeah, yeah. He said something like, in your crazy tenants, between, yeah, between, yeah, between yeah. the Bobby Priestley's pillow talk and the crazy tenants, you know, I don't, and, he, and he actually made a point. Peter's not wrong. No, Peter's not <laughs> wrong. And, and when there was a knock on the door, Peter was like, we're now spending the night at my house. No more. Where well, you should have been all yeah, because it's a house. Right, right. And Kimberly is not there even. No, Kimberly is at Melrose too. Yeah. Speaking of crazy tenants. So, Brooke now hightails it up to Santa Barbara. Okay. And she come, kind of, she basically like confronts Billy and Allison in the same room. And she's all upset. Again, the, the night. This, this hotel didn't get has the home. same security yeah, as, as D&D. D&D, yeah. And and she's all upset because there was no second room book. They've been in the they've been in the room together. She's in hysterics and she's yelling at Allison and she's yelling at Billy. And then Billy basically says, "You're right. I did sleep with Allison. Now you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was not expecting that. I wasn't the first time I saw it, of course, either. I was like, holy shit. And so basically, he he let her believe it. Why did he let her believe it? Now I don't remember. Um. Well, two things. I think he did it partly to cover for Allison. And I think he also did it because he hates Brooke and won't let on. But it it was kind of like to test her. But that's right. He did it to cover for Allison because Allison, 
again, this is sort of like now they're kind of doing this revisionist history thing with the show. Allison feels like Brooke damaged her because Brooke's the one that spread around that Allison was an alcoholic. Because this oh right, she said yeah, she said everyone knows because Brooke has told all the clients. Brooke's already told all the clients that I'm a drunk anyway, and like this is all Brooke. Brooke sabotaged me. Brooke's done all these awful things. I don't remember Brooke ever doing that, but but there you go. That's where we are at the moment. And so what Billy is basically doing is he is said what he said so that it deflects that away from Allison so that Brooke, which didn't make any sense though because Brooke is no longer in the business. So how could she say anything to the client? Unless this has happened in the past during Allison's sober, no longer blind period that like, well, but if you are a high up at D and D, why would you be going around sabotaging one of your employees? That would be great because then Amanda could get wind of it and be like, "You finally just fired Brooke." I yeah, yeah, but she quit. Brooke I mean, should Brooke have been fired anyway. before she had the opportunity to quit. Yeah. Once she brought Jack Parisi to town right. because she no longer had leverage, so it, her whole power didn't really make sense. But right now she's gone because she's spending her unborn child's Inherence, money. Yeah. Um, more on that to come. Yes, we're coming to that. So I mean, basically, that's that's it in. Um, in Santa Barbara, so they come back to uh, Melrose Place, and uh, well, we have we, where, where are we going? I think we open up. Isn't that? Um, we, I think we have skipped uh, Jane Richards scene, but um, we do. Also, I don't care about them, um, so we can tread lightly there. I think we open up after this, though. It's it's Billy and Brooke, and she's basically like now she's singing a different tune, and she's like, you know what? It's fine. He didn't even know he had a whole pass, but she's basically like, you're allowed one affair and you've just wasted it on Allison. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, you've wasted your one affair on Allison. And if you ever do, if you ever cheat on me again, you will no longer have access to your child. Yeah, so basically she's like, I will keep this baby from you, this child from you, if you cheat on Allison, cheat on me again. So Billy can't cheat again. Not like he ever did to begin with. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, if it matters, Billy Right. Yeah. So we should probably maybe just go through storylines since I don't actually have my notes and it would be hard to sort of figure out where we were in the in the episode. So yeah, I don't think there's two. I don't think there's a lot more. I, there is a scene where Allison and Jane are sort of talking and catching up, um, and it does seem like like Allison has probably told Jane all, including probably falling off the wagon. It's hard to say because my my guess is if we don't see them talking and it sounds like they have caught up then the characters know everything that we know. Right. Um, and then there's a scene later on where uh, Allison is moving back in to Melrose Place and Billy sees her. And, and, and she's moving into Billy and Brooke's old apartment because remember Billy and Brooke took her apartment because they needed they, a two-bedroom two for the baby. Yeah. But now they don't need the two-bedroom anymore either. No, Brooke has gone on a spending spree. Yes, but Brooke has gone on a spending spree and she bought a house. A whole yeah. house. Did not tell Billy about it. Just went out one day and bought a house. Right. So I think that's kind of everything except for Brooke in the hospital. Yeah. So it turns out Brooke goes for a doctor's appointment. I guess something sounds like something happened. And it turns out she was never pregnant. Yeah. They gave her the wrong another patient's results. 
the wrong results. So there's some woman running around LA in 1995 not, not knowing that she's pregnant. That's that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Brooke's like, but I've had morning sickness, I've had all these symptoms, and they're basically like, well, because you thought you were pregnant, your body just convinced itself to have these symptoms, which is a thing I have heard of. It is a thing. But, I mean, like, for the sake of this show, reach, but whatever. How... Yet, you will disagree with me, I predict. There is a scene that follows, because it's the Christmas episode, where Brooke returns home to formerly Allison and Allison and Billy's apartment, and Billy has it all decorated for the holiday, and it's all sweet, and he's like, you know, it's our first holiday as a family, um, and of course now she's all upset because he doesn't know what she knows, which is there is no child. Yeah. And I actually think Kristen Davis is very good in that scene. I thought her acting in that scene reminded me of, like, the tearjerkers of, like, the 1940s films. I can see that. I, I will give her that. Um, it was less of, like, the whiny, crinkly thing and a bit more, like, still melodramatic, but convincing nonetheless. You know who it actually reminded me of? Mm. Uh, like, Judy Garland in something like uh, um, Meet Me in St. Louis or something like we that. We won't go that far, but... I will I will give her that that it was that sort of she did take, do that. I will take what I can get. <laughs> she did do that pretty well. Um so and 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 he gives Brooke a locket and as a Christmas gift and one side is their wedding picture and the other side is left empty because that's where the that's picture where the of the baby, baby is gonna go. So I don't know. Remember the wedding? So many episodes ago. So long ago. That was this season? Uh, it was the season finale of last season. So much has happened. Yeah. So a bombing and a reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> and suicide and off a boat and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know, and a marriage, another marriage and babies and no babies and... Uh, an, engagement an engagement and a, and a disengagement after that. And, and, and where's Matt? Well, let's talk we do, about Matt. We do get we do get some Matt. We we get some Matt. Matt is now dating the actor. Yeah, Matt's having a nice holiday. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's so so that actor that he met last season in the hospital. Last episode. Last episode. He is now dating. They they go on a date. Um, we should also say Matt quit. We had a hot second of Jake. I mean, Jake was Jake really is, not in Jake this. doesn't have a story other than, like, he's still having money problems. But not really, because remember last episode he went to the, the Lone Shark guy? We, we don't have any of the Lone Shark guys. We don't have any of that, but except that we do find out that he's sort of, like, saying to Matt, because Matt is like, well, I think I'm going to quit because you... Matt's like, I know you... Uh, you're I broke. Know you can't afford this extra paycheck, so yeah, I'm going to quit. quit. But, but what is Mac going to do about his money? We don't know. Uh, well, anyway. Maybe um, Rhonda floats him alone? Maybe. I mean, her husband is making back, right? We have to assume. Yeah. So he, so that's when we find out, like, Jake is like, oh, I just, like, did all this ordering to get us through the holidays and, like, with big liquor shipments coming in and, and oh, I've, 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 I'm back on track. Don't worry about the money. I've got it all covered. And I came into something. So basically, he was sort of like hinting that he took the loan, whatever this is. Yeah, he's for, yeah. You know, whatever this loan is, he took yeah. the loan. Um, and that's about all. All we got. Yeah, and and then there's a big holiday party where a lot of the other characters we haven't spoken about yet will be. Um, but Matt and his new interest are not there and so they spend uh the holiday at shooters and it's just sweet that jake and matt are being nice because it's you know yeah. they are truly next door neighbors yeah so it's nice that they're yeah. they should be being nice yeah. yeah they should okay so 
We have not talked about what I think is the best. This was great, Sid. Oh, he's are we Sid. Sid? Yeah. We're going to talk about Sid because this was great. Okay, so in our in the last episode, um, Sid started seeing Kimberly as a shr- her shrink, as you do, so as one does. So yes, no longer using code names or anything <laughs> like Bob and Edna from last time. Um, but something I guess I didn't think about last week that becomes vital this week. Kimberly is not just a practicing therapist. She is not just now a practicing psychologist. She's, she's a MD. psychiatrist. She's she can MD. prescribe she can pre- drugs. <laughs> she's an MD and she can prescribe drugs. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> but it's great. But it is great. Well, when we open up the um, the Sid storyline, she's actually literally lying on the couch, yeah. like basically having her session with Kimberly. It was so funny. This, this kind of thread is the kind of thing that is like the best of Melrose at its campiest. Like I do not like that they have sort of made Sid toothless. I don't like all of the stories through season four, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It's not like the height of season two and three, but, th- but the ridiculousness of the Sid and Kimberly thing after all of their history and just, like, the preposterousness of it is fantastic. And I love Michael's reaction to the ridiculousness of, of, of it. Like, he is constantly, like, digging and saying, wh- like, he's saying, like, why are you seeing the woman that should be on the cover of, like, mental crazies are us? Crazy or, like, Weekly or something. Crazy yeah. Weekly or something. Like, yeah. he's always making these digs about it. So his response to it is always great. It's like he is carrying that grudge like yeah. all the way up the hill. Like he really is not letting that go. And 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 poor Sid is so desperate to hang on to this relationship, whatever this thing might be with Michael, which it's so not for my like it's like weird. Their relationship is weird. Because now she's so basically Kimberly convinces her that she needs to be the the doctor's wife and she because Jane right. wasn't good at it. And so Sid it's where right. Sid can excel and she convinces Sid to chair the hospital Christmas Eve ball or whatever. We'll get back to that a little bit, but there is like a Christmas fundraiser. Yeah, there's a Christmas fundraiser that she convinces, um, said that she needs to chair. And so this is now like, like this, like Sid is like, well, you know, she, she goes for it. Like she goes for it. And she, she's, it was, it was great. I mean, no matter who she's with, because there's eventually a scene, I think it's just Sid and Bobby talking. Yeah. No matter what, Laura Layton is always the best thing in any scene, and therefore the best thing in any episode. Right. Even when she doesn't have anything to work with. Right. There's, like, she's just energizing Sid with so much, and something so pure, which is, I think, the key, um, that whether she's being nefarious or pathetic or the comic relief, like, you can't help but love her, and, like, just be glued into her. Yeah. I, yes, completely. I mean, like, she's just great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, while she's at the uh, on on the on Kimberly's couch, there she uh, essentially Kimberly writes her a prescription for I don't know what it is. We don't we, we don't, don't know, know what, what it is. is. It's a tranquilizer, though. I'm assuming it's a tranquilizer. Some some anti something, antidepressant, anti anxiety, something not specified. Um, but but let's call it Chekhov's gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that prescription that is, yes. will be important later yes, on. Yes, that is very true. So, um, so Sid's got this mission where she's got to put together this party, um, and she is full steam ahead. So basically, the uh, Michael and Peter's office is like Christmas. It's like 
Santa Land. It's like Christmas decorations yeah, everywhere. Like, like Christmas exploded. Yeah, yeah. Christmas exploded. Um, she asked Bobby Parisi if she can use his house to throw the party. Does she ask him or does she hint at something and he volunteers his house? I think he volunteered his house. That's what it was. He's like, oh, I have a house in Hancock Park. Yeah, because she asked Peter to use his house. I don't know why they couldn't use the beach house. Not big enough, I guess. I mean, they fit, like, all those people we've never seen before. Uh, for the yeah. um, anyway, she, wa- she wants to have it um, not at their house. And so she asks Peter, and Peter's like, are you crazy? And Bobby happened to be there because he was trying to go to lunch with Peter. Why? And Peter was like, no, I'm busy. But Michael was like, I'll go to lunch with yeah. you. Um, and and so, so Bobby offered his Hancock Park house up for the party. Right. Um, so that's where the party is happening. Yes. Um... Meanwhile, I guess maybe to jump out of this storyline for a second, we should jump into Jane and Richard and, uh, and, and, and Summer quickly Joe. and Summer Joe. Um, because in the last episode, Richard was getting contracts ready to give to Jane that basically ousted her from her company or right. dissolved and, her company. And, and done to appease Joe. Yeah. and that, but, but by this episode, it seems Jane is forgiving Joe. Jane, yeah, Jane comes into this episode full of like cheer and positivity it's like everything is water under the bridge joe you look great i forgive you richard i know there's been bad blood but let's just have a great working relationship i have ideas that sort of thing and richard is about to hand over this contract dissolving the company to jane and joe interrupts and well jane and joe have a private moment before richard calls her in right and and Joe sees that, like, Jane may have already moved on, so Joe stops Richard before right. he can, like, give her the axe. Give her the axe. And dissolve yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, and Joe basically says to him, she's lost her, she she went bankrupt, she's lost so much. Including if, her hair. If we do this to her, this could destroy her, this could destroy her reputation. She is very talented, let's not do this, not just yet. So, um, so Jane and, Jane and Hart, Hartman Senior Design still exists, um, and then... Do we see Joe again before the party at the no, end? No, we don't uh, see Joe because of the party. But when Allison and Jane, and Jane are reconnected... Because isn't... Don't they go into the building because yeah. Jane has a dress to have for uh, Allison to yeah. wear at said yeah. party? Yeah, she wants to bring a dress yeah. for Allison. and she. But for whatever reason, I guess the dress is in Richard's office in the crescendo where he put the credenza or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. where he put the... <laughs> credenza, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sh- sure. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, fine. Yeah. So she actually ends up finding the um, the documents, and, and she is obviously very angry yeah. because you know Joe Joe not only took her fiance and now she's taking right. her business the blame is all on Joe yeah the blame is all even on even though Joe. Richard drew up the papers yeah but there we go um so now it's kind of like everything is going to come to a head at this party yes so Jane shows up Michael is there Sid is there um Richard and Joe are there. Richard and Joe are there. Allison is there. The people who aren't there are Billy, Brooke, Matt, and Jake. And Matt's new boat. Yeah, Matt's new boat. Um, and then we have to talk a bit more about Amanda and Peter, who are also there. And to me, some boring stuff happens. But, right. but that's it. So I think we've covered everyone leading up to the party, except for Amanda and Peter now. Yeah, but I feel like what did they? They didn't really have much except this sort of like. So Peter is sort of now resistant 
to, to Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Um, and and that's when the feds approach Amanda, right? And say, you know, we know everything about you. Right. We know about you, what your dad did last year, and we know about you faking your dad. So don't be like him. Don't be like Bobby. Like they're trying to scare her away. So Amanda has like renewed sympathies. I feel like for Bobby, and she has a scene with Bobby where she's, she's gonna... like, they're they're all against us. You yeah. know, they're like, you know, I tried to reinvent myself and because of my association with Jack, and I just want to be rid of all of them. Yeah, and she decides that she's going to take back the account, the cable company account, yeah, whatever that was the very, about. Yeah, the very yeah. vague thing that they had alluded to last episode. Yeah. Um, it's Amanda right now feels more loyal to Bobby than romantically interested in Bobby. Absolutely. Um, and then when they go to Bobby's house, Amanda and Peter arrive and Amanda sees... The cops the, are outside. The cameras yeah. and, or yeah. micro lenses, whatever they are. And she marches right over to them yeah. and like knocks the cameras down. Yeah. So very much in defense of Bobby, which is very much to the disgust of Peter. Yes, Peter is not happy about this. Right. Um, so then, I guess, at the party, he and he he sees Amanda and Bobby talking outside. And, and, and that's, I think, when Amanda tells Bobby, like, I, I, I keep trying to, like, clean my image or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 yeah. And Peter gets upset because they're together you and they're see, friendly. Yeah, I don't think Bobby does anything untoward. No, absolutely yeah. not. But he gets, he gets really angry and he basically, like, walks out. He says something to Bobby. Yeah, right? I don't remember. He says something to Bobby, and then Amanda like interrupt or catches them in the middle of that, and Peter's like, "Forget it, I'm leaving." Yeah, and he leaves. Peter leaves. Peter leaves. Does Amanda leave with him? Does she run after him? I don't remember. Because they show everyone in the final moment of the episode, and I don't think Amanda is there. I don't know. But something to say then about this party, because basically, I think that's all that's left is. Even though not everyone is there, like we said, Matt and Jake and Billy and Brooke are back on, like, the block, either in the complex or shooters, this is the first time we've gotten almost everyone together since the bombing. Since the bombing, right, right. I mean, we did have, like, the reconstruction party thing, but that wasn't quite as big a thing. This is the next time when everyone is there. Um, So now Jane is drinking a lot of champagne at this party because she just found out something and about her, you know, she just found out that her Richard's dissolving right. the company. Right. So if I were Jane and I found out that Richard was trying to stab me in the back, I think my thing would be, oh, you know what? I hate Richard. Jane's thing is, now I want Richard more than ever and I'm going <laughs> to keep ratcheting up my Michael strategy to really win him back. Because... They don't really go into this, but just based on the one thing she said, it's like she's really trying to piss off Joe more than get back at or leave Richard. Richard, right, right. So she's now, she is like 120, 130, 150% in on the Michael strategy. I thought you were going to say 150 drinks in. Uh, Well, that too. (laughs) And she's got a lot of champagne flowing. And poor Sid is trying her best. First of all, I think Laura Layton looks terrific in that scene. Mm-hmm. The black dress and the hair done yeah. not, not like too mod. Um, and she just looks so sad sitting look alone so watching sad. Jane be the asshole with Michael after after everything that has happened. Um, and this is where Chekhov's gun comes back. Yes. So remember those pills that uh, Kimberly has had um, prescribed for said. 
Well, she decides that she is going to dump a few of them, uh, from the, of the powder from the capsules, into a glass of champagne, which she gives to she Jane. She walks over to Jane while, while Jane is dancing with floor. Michael. Yeah. And Michael's like, hey, what about me? And she's like... You can get, get your, your own. Own. I forget what she said. It's, <laughs> it's like a kind of funny line, but not, like, super right. great. Yeah. So while Jane is drinking down the champagne, Sid then decides, oh, maybe well, I need to talk find to Kimberly, let me find Kimberly who's there, and see, you know, what the side effects are for this. And so Kimberly basically says, well, it affects No, and it's like almost in the side, it's like the last thing that Kimberly says. Yeah. And she's like, oh, and by the way, I wouldn't take this with alcohol after everything you've been drinking. That could be severe. Yes. And so meanwhile, Jane's over there chugging her roofied drink. So I don't know how you got from I'm just going to innocently flirt with Michael to make him to make Richard jealous to I'm going to go upstairs to this bedroom with Michael and take off all my clothes. At this point, Michael and Jane are going to have sex. They're going to have sex. They're going to have sex. They're going to have sex. Yes. And so, and it happens right at a moment where Michael is supposed to give some big speech during this party about the hospital or, right. or introduce or give a check or I don't know yeah, what it was, he's, but he's, he's like to the, be. He's like the guest, the, the big donor of the evening. The guest yes. of honor. He's, so, yeah. so Sid, as the party thrower, gets up there. She's ready to introduce him as she's doing all of this. Michael and Jane are upstairs and this happens in very quick succession because at first you think, oh, the problem is going to be as Sid is calling Michael's name, Michael gets caught with Jane. It's actually so much worse than that because Michael is upstairs naked with Jane and Jane is now completely out of it. She is either dead or comatose or something. The severe side effects <laughs> have already kicked in. So downstairs, everyone's like, where's Michael? And Sid repeats his name, getting impatient and pissed off. And then we see, and this is why... It's important that it wasn't at the beach house because we have the upstairs. We have an upstairs, so then right? Nick and Michael can walk over the run out of the room over the railing, and he's like, "Call nine one one." Like, there's an emergency, there's and an you emergency. see everyone's faces just like you did at the bombing. Like everyone gets a one shot of like, "What's going on?" Um, and for the cliffhanger, it's great because it looks like Jane could be dead. Yeah, because he's feel he's like checking a pulse, and he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh like, my god!" Like the doctor yeah. checks like the woman in the bed, and he goes, "Oh my god, yeah, it's not good." Yeah, and he, and I think he even said something like, "I think she's dead. I think I killed her." Or I, I there was something there where or she doesn't have a pulse, or she's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, was something, something like to that. like that that made a that made it sound like Jane might not make it. Yeah. So so you guys stay tuned to see what happens there. Um... I think we have a couple episodes of, like, so-so story here. Okay. In general, across all the storylines. And then I think it's when the show really takes a turn for the worse. Re it's going to get worse before it gets better. Or is it just going to get worse? It reinvents itself again in a less campy way. That's when Lisa Rinna joins. Um, not till next ep not next, not till next season, season, right? So okay. we've got like 15, 16 episodes to go. We're only halfway it's, through here. There are going to be someone I think we both are not going to be crazy about. All but right. I think this is a great cliffhanger. Um, I think one of, uh, I mean, like you can guess and I'll say if you're right. One of our big characters only has a handful of episodes left. I think Joe's on her way out. Um, she has more than that left. Okay, so then, oh, oh, who could this be? Um... It's not Kimberly. Kimberly stays, right? We've got we've got more. We've got, we've plenty, got more plenty more Kimberly. More Kimberly. Yeah. Um, it's not Matt. Matt stays. Um, oh, it, Jake doesn't leave, right? No, Jake stays. Jake's Jake's still there for a while. 
Um, who, oh, is is this when Jane leaves and then comes back? No, Jane's still going to be there for longer. Uh, Jane's longer. Okay. So, so spoiler alert: oh, wow. Jane's not dead. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize they were spoiling that. No, Jane is not dead. Oh. 25 years spoiler alert. Oh, now I'm kind of, now I can't think of who it might be. I mean, it can't be Peter. He's, he's, he's got some time left. Um. So do you want me to tell you? Yeah, you tell me. No, God, no. Tell me. I am the person that reads the last page of the book. I'm going to say this because I think you actually already did know this. Uh, Brooke is on borrowed time on this show. Yes. That's right. Okay. You know what? I wasn't thinking about her because I felt like we're going to lose a, re- a series regular. I'm always thinking about the original people. That's why. No, we're uh, we're sort of coming in. It's really during season five where we lose everyone Everybody. but Amanda. All right. Um, but but yeah, Brooke is. The, I mean, Brooke is the next opening credits character to go. Is going. Okay, great. Goodbye, Brooke. Goodbye, Brooke. Can't wait to see her. Curious, though, how they're going to wrap up her storyline. I'm surprised you don't know. It's I'm not curious. great. It's not great. Of it's course, not great. it's not great. Anyway, um, so that's the episode. Um, do we think Jaina's dead? No. <laughs> um, but it's not great what's next for Jane. I'll say that. Oh, poor Jane. Um, so, hey, we're going to wrap up the block because we're going to do a Hollywood We Boulevard. are. We, we, we have your double whammy. We're back in business, at least for this week. Yes. And uh, Doug's got some Oscar bait movies to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Follow us along. Um, you will either be listening to that before the Oscars or right after. But Yeah. But you'll feel informed either way. Yeah. So, thanks for being with us. And we'll see you over at Hollywood Boulevard. Bye.